to. We've been doing a series called Re-Entry, where we're thinking about what it looks like to re-enter well, because things are getting more normal. Your social calendar might be picking up a little bit. You might be going to weddings or going to retirement parties or going to these things. And though you are excited about these things, there's also, if you're honest, a bit of anxiety. Like, oh, can I do this again? You know, can I figure out how to like, fill up my social calendar and say no to some things and say yes to others. How is it that I'm supposed to do this? And during this series, we've talked uh, repeatedly. A friend of mine about seven years ago wrote a book called Reentry. Uh, his name is Josh Ross. I would highly recommend checking it out. He actually talks about different things that I did uh, in this series that help, can help you as you think about reentry. He saw an article that he thought was very interesting. Um, it was about places in the world where uh, there's long periods of light or darkness. So places like Alaska where um, you have, you know, months of light and then months of darkness. And he saw this really interesting article that, like, caused this whole journey for him where actually it is harder for people when the light comes back. That it's more difficult, anxiety rates, suicide, depression actually go up when the light comes back. And so we've talked about that a little bit uh, through this short series about how difficult it is. And he actually went to Barrow, Alaska, a place that is in the northern part of Alaska, and spent time just talking to people like, why is it hard? And it doesn't make sense to us in some ways. I think until you go through a thing like COVID, where we've been through this hard stuff, and we've said, how many times have we all said, like, oh, once COVID is over, all and we've said that many, many times, and there's this way, I think, that we can put some of our, like, hopes and ambitions on, like, once this is over, it's going to be a whole new me. It's kind of like New Year's Day, and you're like, I'm a whole new me, and then it's like the second you're, like, getting into the food that you said you weren't going to, because it's just hard. Wherever you go, there you are. And so we've thought about, like, what it looks like for us to reenter well. And we're going to talk about one more of those things, and I would just say, very simply, it's being honest with God. But before I get there, I just want to talk for a minute about squirrels, which is an obvious next move. Uh, at the beginning of COVID, you might have seen it. There was a video that went viral with this guy who had a YouTube channel called Mark Rober. He's a NASA engineer. And it was all over the internet. You might have seen it where um, he was during COVID decided to become a bird watcher. So he put up some bird seed in his backyard and was like watching the, as the birds were coming. And he realized that the squirrels kept like getting into the bird food and like knocking it over. And then he tried actually two or three different like ones on Amazon that claimed to be squirrel proof and the squirrels still figured out a way uh, to get it. And so he was growing more and more frustrated with it. And being a NASA engineer, he decided to uh, put together this ninja obstacle course for the squirrels. And you really should check it out. It's about 20 minutes long. He actually did two. He did one like right at the beginning of COVID and then did, did another uh, just recently. And all I have to say is it is simply amazing to see see what these squirrels can do. And spoiler alert, the squirrels win in the end. And it is just the things that they are able to do with their bodies, the jumps that they're able to make, it is truly unbelievable. So you should definitely check that out if you haven't. And it was just for me one of those moments, like these are the things that, you know, they're just going on all around me that I don't even really notice or pay that much attention to. But these are like marvelous creatures. And there's so much more that you could think about in, in this kind of way. Like, here is a picture of 16 ounces uh, of honey, which you might have in your house, um, and it lasts a, a very long time, uh, perhaps. But to make 16 ounces of honey, over 10,000 bees fly around 100,000 miles to gather enough nectar for the thing of honey that you have at your house. 
You need 4.5 million flowers to get enough to make that 16-ounce bottle of honey. Bees live about six weeks in this process, and each bee flies over 500 miles. And you think your job is hard. <laughs> and there's stuff like that. Again, you just have it in your kitchen, and it's like, yeah, honey, I mean, like, it's not that big of a deal. But like, when you actually just like, contemplate just for a little bit this marvelous world that is all around us, really can make you realize and think that God is big and God is doing miraculous things in the world. And perhaps then we might think that God is big enough to handle like our questions and doubts. The time sometimes that we would say, yeah, this doesn't make sense or this is what's going on. God is big enough if we're willing to just stop and think for a minute. And honestly, I think church doesn't always do a good job of, of giving us a chance to voice those doubts because oftentimes a, a sermon can be something where you like, like talk about a problem and solve it like a sitcom within 25 minutes. And uh, we sometimes can come in and out of these services and think, ah, I don't feel like I got a chance to voice my concerns. And then sometimes it's Christians. Um, I, I think sometimes we can make it a little bit uh, too simple. Like here is a math problem that might overwhelm us all as we look at it. It's probably been a while since you've done this kind of math. But the first one is x squared. Um, can anybody solve for x? I know, it's a little hard. It's been, been a while. Yeah, Kathy Hour's not here, so yeah. So x equals 3. Um, so sorry, sorry to spoil it for you, but I, I think like sometimes like your life feels like that. It's really complex and there's a whole lot going on and you're not sure how it's all going to go. And then there are some people and sometimes Christians, I think the way that we can talk about God or the way that we can uh, share things, it can be just like, oh, it's just, it's just so, so simple for me. You know, it's just like, I, I just look at life and my answer uh, is, is right there. And so like, they'll say things like, you know, I was going to Trader Joe's and the parking lot's really busy. And so I prayed for a parking space and then it opened up like right when you're like, I mean, I know it's not great to go to the Trader Joe's parking lot, but like I was praying for someone with cancer and like they didn't get better. Or I was praying for something real. And sometimes there's these ways that we talk about God that just make it like, oh yeah, it's just really simple for me. And that's one of the powerful things about being part of a church community, especially one where you can really get to know each other. As a pastor, I get a chance to really get to know uh, the, the members of our church at all ages because I think you can make assumptions sometimes about especially some people who've perhaps been around faith uh, for a long time. I think of a couple matriarchal members of, of our church, and you would have just thought, you know, oh, she was like born on a church pew and she'd been there forever. But one of our matriarchal members, I think at first she, um, her, her husband passed away like 35 years before she did. Or I think of another member of, of our church family in her first marriage, uh, her husband was killed by the mob. And some of you are like, whoa, who was that? Don't just, you can ask me later if you want to. <laughs> Like, that's why we got to get to know each other, because you have these assumptions about, some, oh, you know, she's been on church pew, he's been on church pew forever, and this just means all of his life has, has been solved, and everything's been easy for him or her, but in reality, that's just not the case. Like, I would argue for people who've been around faith for a long time that they probably have some stuff to teach you, to teach me, to say, hey, yeah, this wasn't always easy for me. It wasn't that I'm here because like it was always easy. It actually is because things were hard, and I was able to, to pursue and find God in the midst of that. 
And when we experience something collectively and personally like COVID, which we've all experienced together in different ways, some of you more difficultly uh, than I have, but oftentimes what we want to do is just move right past it. And that's a problem when we think about reentry. Like you just want to be like, all right, you know, I'm going from zero to 100 on my social calendar, just pretending like all that didn't really happen. But to be like a, a faith-filled person is to be willing to, to say to God, like, I got some questions about that. That was hard. That was not as easy as sometimes other people can make it. But that's what's good news, I think, about the story of Scripture, is it invites us into a dynamic relationship with God where we can really be honest and bring ourselves. I don't have these passages, but in in Jeremiah, Jeremiah, God says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The book of James says, come near to God and God will come near to you. God desires that we bring all, like seek with all your heart. Come near to God and God will come near to you. There is a study, I don't know how they do sometimes some of these research studies, but they have found that uh, people are only 90% honest with themselves even. Like, I don't know how they judge that, but I think that's kind of true because we have these things that we perhaps know about ourselves that we don't really want to admit. So even to ourselves, we're only about 90% honest. So the percentage often, as it comes to relationships, gets a little bit further down. You're not even fully honest with yourself at times. But in any sort of relationship, if you just, you know, said, hey, you know, I'd like to become your friend. And just like as a heads up, I'd like to let you know, like, I'm going to be true to you with about 67% of who I am. Like, it's just not, it's not going to work, right? Like, hey, maybe we'll get up past the 70s at some point. But it, that is not the best way for relationships to function. And in fact, uh, studies show that generally people at the beginning getting to know each other have what's called the, the peacock syndrome, where you're kind of showing off your feathers and you're talking about some things that you've done or accomplished or, or work and talking about some of that stuff. And it is actually when friendships are formed is the moment that you're vulnerable. Friendships are actually formed when you say, yeah, I don't have it all together, or man, I'm really worried about my dad. Could you help me in this situation, or could you, could you pray for me? That is when friendships are formed, when we get past the point where we're just showing off a little bit and talking about the good stuff and getting a little more heart to heart. And the same is true of our relationship with God, and that's what God wants more than anything, is just simply a relationship with you. So do you take the time to be honest, to bring your heart to God, the good and the bad. I'm thankful that Lars shared a, a psalm uh, during communion because I'm going to just talk about a few psalms. Psalms are in the Old Testament, and these are like the songbook of ancient Israel. They're almost like, like journals that David and others uh, have put together. And really, as you're reading them, it's just so fascinating to see some of the things that David says, David and others say to God. Like, it's something, if I'm honest, like, I would never pray these things. And we certainly don't sing about them usually, or oftentimes we don't talk about them. Here are just a few examples, and I really could go on and on. Psalm 7, 1 and 2 
voicing being afraid. Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me apart like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. He expresses gratitude in Psalm 40, 1 and 2. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. I think in some ways we're not good at both ends of the spectrum of expressing like real celebration and gratitude and joy. And we're not good at expressing that. We're, I think we live kind of in the middle of these things often. Like we don't do a good job of really pausing and saying, God, I'm so thankful that, that that happened. God, thank you for this. And then often we don't spend time on the other extreme as well. David says in Psalm 42, 9, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Psalm 73 expresses jealousy. It's really something I've never prayed very often. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. Joy in Psalm 66 Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. And anger and bitterness in Psalm 58. Break the teeth of their mouths, O God. When did you pray this one? Tear out the fangs of those lions. Let them vanish like water that flows away. When they draw the bow, let their arrows fall short. May they be like a slug that melts away as it moves along, like a stillborn child that never sees the sun. This is like, what? Are you kidding me? I, I, like, I, I would never say this to God. I, I would never express something like that. And again, I think sometimes we can, we can get that idea uh, from church because we come together and like the person leading the prayer is like, it almost sounds like God is this very, very distant thing. And we sometimes say like the same kinds of prayers over and over again. And yes, some of these things perhaps aren't best expressed in a community, but it's fascinating to me that David like, expresses these things to God that are like, truly troubling, if I'm honest. Let them melt away like a slug. I've never uh, heard a song, like, I can't see the new Hillsong jam being, like, I hate my coworker. You know, like, <laughs> why does he keep getting promoted? Like, we just, we don't, we don't, we don't have... Those songs, and again, perhaps it's not really realistic because we all have like different things that we're like frustrated about or whatever. But like, where are you expressing those things? And if we can't do it collectively in worship because perhaps we have some like personal things that, that we need uh, to like work through on our own. I think that the thing that we need to realize is when there is that stuff in your heart, and again, I think we don't necessarily do this on either end of the extreme all that well, but if there's something in your heart, and especially if it's something that, that you don't like in your heart, I think the first part to actually deal with it is to express it. To say, yeah, I'm jealous of that guy. 
I don't like it. But I'm not going to push it below the surface either. And God, I'm going to say that I'm upset. Perhaps you won't use as graphic imagery as the Psalms, but I'm going to say that, like, that it just really frustrates me that that continues to happen or that situation. Like, God, this is really hard for me. And I know that that's been true in my life, that when I express things and say, this is what is actually in my heart, that's when I can start to grow. Because you can push it below the surface and pretend that it's not there, but it's going to come up in some other way. And oftentimes, unfortunately, it's going to hurt the people that you love the most. Because of frustrations that you have and you're just letting it just like get to you and get you down. It's, it's so powerful to be able to express these things and to say, God, this is actually how I'm feeling. Can you work on what I'm actually feeling? So then I can grow. So then I won't be in this place two months from now. So I won't like, continue to be angry at this person. How many of us, and I would raise my hand on this, how many of us have let like, other people rob us of joy because they are just in our heads? I see a few hands, I see a few hands raised. I didn't ask for hands raised, but you're all raising your hands. Like, whoa, you guys are ready. I see some double hands raised. Yeah, how many... People have like robbed us of our joy and like you're thinking about them and thinking about that next conversation and always in like your head, they're like really unintelligent. You're going to like, you know, beat them in the end. But like, like how many times would we be saved if we would just say, God, like this, this relationship is really hard for me and this is why it's hard for me. And I feel like sometimes I want to like, you know, hurt this person or I, I feel like really upset about this situation. But God, I just need to name this thing and turn this over to you and trust that you're big enough for it. And trust that you want to know not just the good in me, but also the bad in me, and that you still love me enough to say, yeah, I, I see that, and I understand, and I'm not going to turn my back on you. God's thinking, yeah, I knew it already anyway, but it is important for you to be able to say it to begin that journey. I think of how Jesus teaches us to pray for our enemies. You want to know a way to not have an enemy after a while? It's first, like, saying their name and eventually attaching blessing to it. To be able to say, maybe perhaps in the beginning of your prayers, God, I, I can't even say a nice thing about this person, but I, I will like, try to at least acknowledge that you love them. And eventually, perhaps you can grow to pray good things over that person. Then you can actually deal with the ways that you're frustrated by them. John Orberg says this, One of the reasons prayer seems boring is you aren't actually praying. Prayer isn't the place to be good. It's the place to be real. As we all have experienced just an incredibly hard time. And again, some of you have experienced it with way more difficulty than me. I hope that you can express something that perhaps needs to be said to God. 
God, this 2020 was supposed to be like a really important year for, for like me and, and my plans and what was going on in my life. And all that just stopped. I'm excited in a couple weeks, uh, Manny and I are taking a couple weeks of vacation. Austin is preaching next week. And then on July 11th, we're going to have a service that we're just calling Faith in the Pandemic, where we are going to be hearing from different members of our congregation. And they're going to share a little bit of their stories because we have people who were in high school and weren't able to go to high school in person. And we have people who were single during the pandemic and they experienced it differently than uh, some of our members had babies during this time. And so there's, there's these things that, that there were joyous moments, but also hard things. And so we're just inviting people to, to share. And I hope, because we can't let everybody share, I hope that just as you think about like coming up to that Sunday, I hope that you just think about what is it that I experienced in this time? What is it that I need to perhaps say? it was hard. And sometimes it's in our prayer lives and in our devotion that we like try to get better and just like, all right, you know, I'm just going to not, I'm going to pretend like that's not there. But it is us, I think, like tr- truly being honest where we allow God to work, where we express our doubts, where we express our frustrations, where we express our questions. There's a Chinese proverb that says, with great doubt comes great understanding, and with little doubt comes little understanding. So you can just pretend that it didn't all just happen. You can just like, go on and re-enter life and go to all the weddings and live your best life all summer. But there's going to be a point when some of your questions are going to come up. And again, the issue is like when we don't acknowledge these things and, and truly think through them, it's the people that we love the most who we hurt the most. Would you be willing to just ask the hard question, God, what is it that I need to ask? What is it after this time as I'm re-entering more normalcy? What are some things that I need to express to you? This, this year was, was draining and hard because of this or whatever it is that was on my heart. God, here are my questions, just as we learn from the Psalms and David, who again says things to God that I feel like I would never say. But what is it that perhaps we all need to say? Do you trust that God is big enough to hear like, how you're really feeling? Do you trust that God wants to hear? how you're actually feeling. So I hope over these next couple weeks that you do spend some time thinking, what is it that I need to express from this time? What is it that I need to bring that I even, like, haven't even been honest with myself about yet? Do you believe that God is big enough for these things? I always think when I think about this conversation, the book of Job, and Job is, is a fascinating book about the problem of evil and what you do with the problem of evil. It's, it's very long, but at the beginning of it, Satan makes this weird bet, and it's, it's a little complicated theologically, but there's this, this weird conversation that happens between Satan and God, and 
God's basically like, my, my servant Job, he's going to be good even if you take everything from him. And Job like loses everything. And he has conversations about evil with his wife and his friends. And they're like trying to sort all of this out. And God doesn't speak to Job until like chapter 40, basically. It's, it's a really, really long thing. So if you're ever thinking about the problem of evil, let's have coffee. We can talk about it. But when God shows up to Job, I think about what I would say if I'm God. I would say, look, like, I know this was terrible, but you're going to have a book in the Bible named after you. I know that like totally doesn't make sense, but like, let me just explain this and it's going to be weird, but it's going to like eventually be able to bless people because we're like really exposing the problem of you. So let me just like break this down to you. That would be what I would say if I'm God. Like, I know this was really hard, but it's going to bless a lot of people someday. But what does God say? God basically says, look at the world around you, man. Go look at the mountain goats. Do you know when they mate? This is like what God says to Job. Like, look around at the world. Look at all these things. Look at the squirrels and, and the bees. And look at all this stuff that is going on around you. And I think part of that is, Job, like, look around. Don't just see your pain. But I think it's also God expressing, I'm big enough. I'm big enough to hear what you have to say. Go ahead. Express it. I'm listening. So may we say what is truly on our hearts and to understand that even though it might be painful to actually say it, it'll cause you way less pain to say it now, to verbalize it, and to deal with it. Let's pray. God, as we continue to think about how to re-enter, well, maybe recognize that there's just a lot of hard stuff that happened. And it's affected us all differently. And may we just express these things. May we be willing to express, not just about the pandemic, but in all areas of life, maybe we pause at times and just celebrate Say, God, I feel your presence so much right now. May we express when we're, when we're afraid, when we're jealous, when we're angry. May we say these things so we can just be honest about what's actually going on. And may we trust you with even some dark areas of our heart. And may we trust that you are big enough to work on even those things. Just be with us, Father. And help us to express the things that we need to so that we can grow in you. Your son, Jesus, and I pray. Amen. <laughs>